Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Views on View. I am your host, Lindsay Wardell. With me today is Steve Edwards. Hello from, hey, we got sun today in Portland again. What is this giant glowing thing in the sky? I don't understand. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's actually been pretty sunny this spring. It's just been the last three or four days. Yeah. rainy. Yeah, had to, had to pretend to be normal Portland for a while before it could go back to sunshine. Uh, we needed the rain, though, that's for sure. Oh, we did. Also joining us as a panelist this week is Luke Diebold. Diebold. I just Diebold. liked your name as I said it. I'm sorry. Think ATM Diebold. Right. Yep. No, that's totally fine. Ever since I was a kid, everyone's been saying Diebold. It's just one of those things. So, yes. Hello, everyone. Day one well, as a panelist. Welcome to the show. For those who may remember, Luke was on a podcast episode with us talking about Quasar. Uh, he'll be joining us going forward as a panelist. So very excited to have you here. I'm very excited to be here. And our special guest today for this episode is Animal Soman. Welcome, Animal. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. And Animal, would you mind introducing yourself so that our listeners have an idea of who you are, where you come from? Yeah, sure. So actually, I'm a web developer. I come from India, uh, called city Pune. I work in a software development company. It's a startup company called Astutor. There we will work on a lot of projects such as uh, e-commerce projects or dashboards we design. And we develop in a view and a Nuxt. So basically our focus in on view and Nuxt, that's it, yeah. Those are two of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> I remember working my tail off to become a senior developer. I read every book I could get my hands on. I went to any conference I could and watched the videos about the things that I thought I needed to learn. And eventually, I got that senior developer job. And then I realized that the rest of my career looked just like where I was now. I mean, where was the rush I got from learning? What was I supposed to do to keep growing? And then I found it. I got the chance to mentor some developers. I started a podcast and helped many more developers. I did screencasts and helped even more developers. I kind of became a dev hero. And now I want to help you become one too. And if you're looking forward to something more than doing the same thing at a different job three years from now, then join the Dev Heroes Accelerator. I'll walk you through the process of building and growing a following and finding people that you can uniquely help as you build the next stage of your career. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. What what brought you into programming, Edmo? Uh, what? What brought Part you? How did you get started with programming? Uh, yeah, actually, from my childhood, I had experience um, interest in uh, computer science, so I chose that uh, computer science engineering, and from there, it's my interest started, and then I created some of the minor projects. First, my minor project is just a uh, online examination website. So from there, I get interested in that, and then it's going on. Very nice. And you said right now you're working with uh, Vue and Nuxt. What, yeah. int what interested you in starting with Vue? What brought you to start programming with Vue? Yeah, so uh, when I joined the company, actually, it's not me who selected Vue. The company gave me the task to study it. So when I get a deep dive in Vue, so I realized that it's a very simple and clean rather than Angular or React because at that time I was a fresher. So I was trying to learn the Angular, but it's getting very complicated. But when I start to view, I feel very easy. So from there, and our company buys some tutorials from the view mastery, if you know. So we just refer those tutorials and start development. 
So first we just develop the minor project like login forms and something like that. And then we jump on the major projects like e-commerce website and admin dashboards like that. So there it's all started. Very nice. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of View Mastery. Looked at some of their courses in the past as well. Yeah. I'm curious, since my team at work, we have some developers who are more familiar with Angular. And when they look at view code, especially with Angular JS, if they uh, look at view code, they kind of have some idea of what's going on. Have you felt that as you learned view, you were able to look at Angular code and kind of make a bit more sense of it? Yeah, actually, frankly speaking, after learning view, I don't look look at Angular React because I just love view and I don't want to go on Angular React. That's fair. Never go uh, back. <laughs> can't go back, yeah. What you, you said it felt really good to work with. Uh, what are some of the particular features in Nuxt that, that you like working with as opposed to just Vue in general? Are you asking what particular Nuxt, right? Yeah. Yeah, so my main focus on Nuxt is the SEO, if you know. Actually, in Nuxt, we have a very good SEO optimization rather than Vue. So in Nuxt, I focuses on SEO optimization morely. <clears throat> then we have a very good handling of dynamic route creation in Nuxt. In Vue, we need to create a route file and then assign all the routes. But in Nuxt, we have a dynamic route files, so we don't need to assign a particular route. We just create a directory structure and all routes are linked. So that's what I love about Nuxt. It is a very clean and easy to understand directory structure. I agree. I really like that yeah. mm. that feature of Nuxt where uh, you're just able to approach it and everything's in its own folders and it just makes sense. When I started with programming, yeah, I was in really PHP. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when I started with programming, I was in PHP, just not a framework, just PHP itself. And that that's the same idea. Yeah. It was just folder-based navigation. And when I started seeing tools like Next.js or Nuxt, and it was back to that kind of folder-based navigation. I was like, yes, this this is what we should have. This is how web development should be. Yeah, it's really cool when we deal with the multiple IDs and go deep down IDs. Well, that's awesome. And Animal, you also, it looks like you do a lot of writing blog posts. Is that correct? Yeah, not a lot, but I wrote some of the blogs. What what interested you in writing blog posts about Vue? It looks it looks uh, like that's primarily actually, what you write about. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's uh, all started from the one task that company gave me. Uh, they gave me a task about uh, image upload. Means just uh, image upload in Vue.js, and they want the cropper in that image upload. Means crop the image and then upload. So I just search on internet and go everywhere. You know, Google, Bing, Stack Overflow, everywhere. But I didn't find a single blog that shows that combine image upload and a crop. So at that time, I think I need to write a blog if I solve this issue. So after some days of studying and discussing with my colleagues, I solved that issue. And then I write a blog for that. And that's where it all started. That's awesome. And one of the things I love about writing a blog is then you come back in two years' time and you accidentally find it when you're searching on Google. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good thing. <laughs> when I search on Google and then I found that it's my blog. Yeah, it's it's the best feeling. It's like you, yeah, yeah, it's you solved your own problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best kind of uh, peer programming, right? Working tag team with your past self. Oh, that's yeah. meta. It's like I am my own peer. Yeah. 
I, I got the opportunity to do that finally with using watch and watch effect in the composition API reference for the mail blog posts. It felt great. So yeah, I, I really like some of the the posts that you've made and mm-hmm. especially the, the crop and upload, like you were saying, but you have a number of posts on here that really, I, I feel like are very universal problems that people have like rich, you have a rich text editor in Nuxt article. Yeah. Uh, and, and the one we're wanting to talk about today is uh, making your Nuxt.js application SEO friendly, which I think is yeah. one one of the trickier things to get right when you're building a website. A lot of times when you're following a tutorial or you're just learning how to make a website, you're not really thinking about how to market it, how to get people to come to your site. And sometimes even when you're working on an application, like you've been working for a while in programming, you're still making mistakes that can make it so people can't even find your site in the first place. So I think that's a really interesting topic, and I'm glad you wrote a blog post about it. We get to talk about it today. Yeah. So before we we dive in too much, I think we I'd like to formalize what it is specifically we're talking about. So could you explain what SEO is for those who might not be aware of that term? Okay. So actually, SEO is a stand for search engine optimization. So the main question arises: Why we need it? So basically. Many web developers just develop the website, but they don't know how we, how we, how people come to our websites. So, what SEO did, for example, on Google, if we search about anything, means just I search about something called any mobile or something called any feature, there are a lot of websites on the Google, but uh, we only search and click on the website from the first two or three page, maxly. We don't go for the six, seven, and eight page. So we need to rank our website in that first 10 pages, at the first 10 links at least, and maybe in the two, three pages. But if we manage the, our link on the first or second link, then it's a great. So for that, we need SEO. So what we do, we make our website more optimizable for the search engines. Actually, Google use, is a search engine. So it uses some algorithms to find the website. For example, if I search about the natural bananas, so how Google will know that uh, which website is going to give the result about natural banana. So we need to optimize our website so that Google search engine will know that we have information about the natural banana. So after that, Google will rank our website. So that's what is SEO. And it's an important thing for website if you want people to come on your website. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Steve, I think there were some recent episodes in JavaScript Jabber about SEO as well. Is that correct? Yeah, we uh, did. Well, we started out to do one episode and there ended up being so much to talk about that we split it into two, but we did with a guy named Martin Split, who's a dev developer relations app for search at Google. So he was about uh, as close to the horse's mouth as you can get, as I would say. So yeah, we can put some some links in the show notes, but it's two hours of uh, really good detail. And as part of that episode, I specific we specifically talked about how Google does indexing for JavaScript framework uh, based sites, both Nuxt and just straight you know uh, JavaScript sites. Oh, awesome! Thank you. So, just a re- recommendation for our listeners: finish our show first, and then you can go listen to that one. That's just my opinion, though. So, Anmol, what yeah. are some of the uh, considerations that we need to take in mind to make a Nuxt application in particular SEO friendly so that people will be able to find it with a Google search? Yeah, okay. So I will explain it in three points. So 
first one we need for seo is a sitemap i will first explain what is a sitemap so sitemap is just we can say a map where there is a listing of our all pages means the pages we contain in our websites it is important because first when google crawls it goes for a sitemap and it checks all the pages that we have so that it can be uploaded on a google and people can see so for the sitemap we have a very simple plugin called just nuxt/sitemap we just need to install it and just need to configure it and in configuration we just need to apply the plugin and just uh, passes it so our sitemap will be automatically generated so that's the one thing that we can boost our seo then we can go on the google analytics so google analytics is a very important thing i think so to analyze our all the customers from where we get the customers and then uh, on what pages customers are go then how, how much time they spend on the pages so we can then manage our website according to that data so for the google analytics we just need to install a plugin called google analytics so it's available on npm we just need to nuxjs/googleanalytics and install and after that in modules we just need to pass our google analytics id so it will configure with our google analytics dashboard and there we can see all the things on our website and the third part is meta tags so it's also very important thing actually most of the developers i saw from my colleagues and others they don't take seriously meta tags because they don't focus on seo so in meta tags uh, basically we can say that there are main two tags such as a title description so whenever a seo engine the search engine comes to your page first it look on the meta tags so for example that i give about the natural banana or natural fruits we have website on natural fruits so when browser when the seo comes it checks on the title so if we have title on natural fruits so the, then the seo will know that uh, they have the information of natural fruits and in the description we also say that we have a natural fruits and anything else uh, that we have so that are a meta tags and in meta tags we can also make it a dynamic so dynamic means we can pull the data and just uh, change in our meta tags for example we have a page a product page in our e-commerce so the time of clicking the page we just pull the product data and then we can bound it data in a meta tags such as a title then every time the product title will be changed the description will be changed so if you have more more of the meta tags and more of the descriptions then it will be good for seo and the last thing in meta tag is a social media meta tags if you know uh, there are a social media meta tags means if we just uh, paste the link on facebook so at that time it wants a particular um, we can say a structure of on the top there is a image then title then description so we need to set that separately so for that we have og tags where we can set the image of the particular pixels then the url means the url after we click on that link so where it will go and then a type so it's a website or blog depends on it it will structure so that's are the factors main factors i think everyone needs to cover if you want to boost the seo for their websites yeah i definitely agree with you that meta tags i think get uh, ignored a bit more than they should especially since yeah. if if you're posting blog posts it's extremely beneficial to you 
as a, as a content creator to to get your right name and branding out on the, for example, if somebody shares an article on Twitter or on Facebook, like you were saying. Yeah, people usually ignore the meta tags. So those title and description tags um, that you were yeah. talking about, are they the ones that Google use when you search for something, like the title in the results and the description in the results? Uh, yeah, actually, there are three tags, title, description, and keywords, but after some days, they discard the keywords. So we have only title and description. So that are the main tags when Google search for your page, first check on the title, description, and then the other things. Cool, that's awesome. And it's good to know that we have control over our social, social media tag so that when we share it, you know, we can add in that branding like Lindsay was talking about. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I told about the Facebook. Uh, we can also say it about the Twitter also. So for the Twitter, we have also separate tags. So what are the modules that you use to generate these tags? I know they're not part of, of Nuxt Core. Not generate means I just research about it and use the tags in our meta. So you, oh, so you don't use get, the view meta? Uh, oh, is, or is view meta built in? I can't remember. Maybe it is part of Next um, when you spin up a Next. Um, I just did one and now I can't remember. <laughs> it, it looks like in the, correct me if I'm wrong, Animal, I apologize. It looks like the view meta is getting used to set these tags, but yeah. the tags themselves are being handwritten. Right, but I'm saying the view meta package, that's something you have to install separately. Oh, I think it comes built into view. Yeah, it does now. Okay, that's right. I can remember it. Pretty uh, sure. Past being separate. Yeah, Nuxt also have, I think, separate package, but uh, I didn't use that package. I do it on manually. Why manually? Because then we have a more, uh, we can say, we can make more changes in that rather than package. Since I'm not sure about that package, so I prefer go manually. I also want to study each and every tag so that... Hey folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. We'll add a link in the uh, in the show notes to the next documentation of meta tags and SEO. I think we it does include the the view meta library at this point is what it looks like so we'll make sure that's in there one question i had animal was in the article you spe- you specify using google analytics yeah. for your website traffic i know there are some developers who are not 100 percent in favor of using google because of google's added tracking that they do and mm-hmm. the google analytics tends to add cookies and they don't want to add their own cookie banners to their websites are there other analytics platforms that would be easy to integrate into a Nuxt application so that you could get the same benefit without using Google? Yeah, actually, there are some, but I haven't worked on that. That's fair. Actually, I prefer the Google, so that's why. Yeah, and I've used Google Analytics in the past myself. Yeah. I, I feel like it gets a lot of really good data. I just know, especially with the regulations around putting in cookie banners, and since Google Analytics uses cookies, it, I saw some people when they when they realized that Google Analytics adds cookies, they didn't want to add the cookie banner because they didn't want to annoy people or alert them mm. to the analytics happening. So it, for one of the more popular uh, places to deploy a, a next site is, is Netlify. And Netlify has their own service called Netlify Analytics. 
so I think, yeah, you pay nine bucks a month per site for it. But the, the idea is that instead of, you know, you're not sticking JavaScript, more JavaScript in your page to do the tracking and your cookies and stuff, instead it's getting the analytics directly from your server. So the idea is that they would be much more accurate because of that. But uh, that's one alternative for analytics to Google Analytics. And I know there's other open source projects I've seen out there before as well that don't. The idea being that they don't track you as much as, you know, across the internet and outer space like Google does. But uh, yeah, there are options to Google Analytics. Does Cloudflare have its own analytics platform at this point? I know they've been doing a lot of things similar to what Netlify does. That I don't know. I have not worked with Cloudflare in that way. I know they have some form of analytics, but I think it's more related to bandwidth. Not sure if they have something specific for like site visitors and you know where they are in the world and stuff like that. Well, looks like they do have a web web analytics tool. What uh, I call it web web analytics. I mean, Cloudflare web analytics. They really don't beat around the bush with their name. <laughs> so, yeah, it looks like they have. Like I said, there's there's a number of options uh, for traffic analysis other than just Google Analytics. Yeah, there's one of the ones. One of the ones I like is um Fathom Analytics. I think that you actually don't need to have that little cookie banner with Fathom Analytics, but they're but they're obviously their analytics is then far less. It's less in depth, but they're trying to, I guess, be very privacy focused. But yeah, Google Analytics, wonderful and just ridiculous depth that you probably can't get from a lot of analytics platforms. Yeah. For, for those Googling everything we're, we're talking about, I just found that fa- if you just Google Fathom, that is not the analytics platform. Uh, you should go to usefathom.com. That's hard to fathom. <clears throat> that is hard to fathom. Well, oh, you could goodness. go to Fathom if you want powerfully <laughs> simple financial reporting and analysis, but I don't think that's what they're looking for. Do they have a view integration? That's what matters. Of course. Animal, going back to your blog post, I, I'm kind of working from the last thing you said, or the first thing, the last thing you said to the first thing you said, I can count. Looking at the dynamic sitemap, that is another thing that I think is often missed, speaking from experience where I was trying to build my own blog platform uh, mm. using very various static site generators. First, I started with Gatsby, and then I switched to Gridsome. And it wasn't until I got to Nuxt that I realized, oh, right, I need a sitemap so that the browser know or not the browser, the search engine knows what my site looks like. Whenever I thought of a sitemap, I was thinking of back in whenever when it was more just for users to kind of understand and have a, have a concept mm-hmm. of what, what pages went where. But really, a sitemap is important for the search engine. And I really like how easy it is to get installed into a Nuxt app. The, the only downside I had was because I have dynamic pages being set up for, for my blog, I needed to write some custom code so that it knew which pages were where, what the URL was supposed to be, what kind of content would be on that page. But that was pretty straightforward to do with the the Nuxt content plugin. Have you run yeah. into have you run into any issues like that, or what's your experience been with getting sitemaps working with Nuxt? Yeah, actually, it's a pretty good thing. It's a, we have dynamic sitemap, and also the one advantage is uh, we can also specify some pages that we don't want to show on uh, Google. Means, for example, we have a checkout page in an e-commerce website, so we don't want the Google to crawl it or something like that. So in a sitemap, in our Nuxt config file, we can also specify that these routes don't scroll on the Google. So that's a really good thing. 
and we can customize this dynamic routes also. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of being able to to mask different pages from the search engine as well. Yeah. Cool. The power what is in our control. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, means we can customize it all. So it's not depend on it's dynamic. Right. Yeah. So what are what are some of the common mistakes outside of these three pieces that you see either developers or just sites in general making with SEO? What are what are some mistakes people make? Many times I see that uh, people are using the high quality images, very high quality. They want a large image or a background or something, full HD. So it's really affects on SEO uh, when we use a very high quality image. So it's a 4 MB, 3 MB. So it's affect on our load time and load time definitely affect on our SEO. So that's a major thing I saw. Then there is a thing called keywords. We know about that meta text. So where we, what we write there, it, SEO will be gated, right? So people will choose the wrong keywords. So if they have something different, then they write it differently. So SEO will be don't SEO don't get it means what the content was. So writing a wrong keyword, it's the one thing I think. Then the choosing the large images or choosing the without compressed images, that's the second thing. And then we can say about the optimizations. Means we use as npm packages. So we can say that some npm packages have unnecessary. JavaScript bundles or CSS files that we can avoid. And if we can manage it in our custom code, so don't use that NPM packages because it, because it increases our website load time. So that are, I think, the common mistakes that many people do. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make that SEO isn't just about making sure the that Google or Bing or whatever has the, the information about your website, but also that it's performant. I know- What's Bing? In- Is that a search engine? Just bing it. You'll find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all of all of them take into account how fast your website loads, what kind of content is being loaded, how long it takes for that first interactive moment. I forgot the technical term. To judge exactly how, how good your site is and how high up on the uh, on the search results it should appear. Mm-hmm. You're talking time yeah. to first paint? That one. Time time to first Excellent. time to first paint and then the other one, the where it's actually interactive. I can't remember. I always thought time to first paint was like a race between Picasso and Da Vinci to see if you could get a painting done first or something. But then I found heard heard it mentioned here and realized what it really was. Well, they were both pretty slow, weren't they? Yeah, they took their time. That's when you get the bucket of paint and throw it at the canvas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I I, I always try to try to think about that. And and people on Twitter and in, in the dev community are are often talking about getting their their lighthouse scores as high as possible. If you if you have Lighthouse scores all yeah. at 100, then your site is going to be the best. How yeah, yeah. how much impact does that actually have on SEO? I'm assuming it's a lot. Do you know, Emil? What? Sorry, missed the, the one. That's all right. I was talking about the the Lighthouse scores. If you if you're using Google Chrome and you get the, your Lighthouse score yeah, results, yeah, I use the Lighthouse for checking yeah. the score results. Hmm. How how much of an impact does that actually have? I obviously it has some impact, or Google wouldn't have made that. But what? What imp- how much impact does it have if your site is, rather than at the 100, let's say it's at 80 or 70, do you know exactly how much impact that would have? Yeah, I re- read about some blogs. Uh, if you have percentage of 80, 70, or 90, I don't think so that's uh, very much impact on our website. But if we 
go below 50% then it will definitely be because if we have a load time of more than a 7 seconds then user won't stay on your websites so that's a really important thing i think i think that makes a lot of sense and it and it goes back to the point yeah. we were making about not having too many dependencies installed on your site especially uh, yeah kind of leads towards um trying to optimize what libraries you're using i mean if you're doing a blog typically you're going to need to format your your date in a in a certain way but you don't need yeah, to reach for moment you could use date J, day js or date functions or something like that you know smaller libraries right yeah smaller libraries cool there are some websites we can check the library size also i didn't remember the exact name of the website but uh, you can search on it and so we can compare the npm packages for example i just want image gallery but i want to check which one is good for seo so i can just check the bundle size and on that i will decide which package i can use yeah that makes a lot of sense don't need to install everything just to make a blog right yeah keep it simple yeah keep it simple there and if you can design that yeah if you can design that then don't go for the npm packages because we don't know what is inside that right about that css files and javascript files Yeah, thankfully we have a lot of tree shaking at this point, but still like you said, you never know yeah. exactly how far the tree is going to go down. Yeah. What were you saying, Luke? I was just thinking don't install the entirety of Lodash if you just want to like audio blog posts. Maybe just use some uh some good old ES6 for that. There you go. Now, Enmel, one of yeah. the the pieces that I don't understand is we we've done all of this optimization, right? We have yeah. we have the site map we have the meta tags we've got our analytics running so we can see how well how how people are coming where the traffic is coming from we've done the optimizations how do we know the seo work we've done is actually helping our website get out to more people what what's going to be the the indicator that everything is doing what we want it to just doing so lots and lots of manual searches on your own every day like 100 times and tracking the results right all right <laughs> uh, we can just check on google uh, google also that our issue is really working or not means we can just go on the particular link and then check that meta tags and descriptions are working or not we can also use that lighthouse to check that our seo performance and uh, personally we can directly check on websites also that uh, our meta tags are properly loading or not then check the loading speed so there are many factors we can check on it so that our seo is properly working or not well you can also look in your was it the google dashboard the webmaster tools oh uh, yeah i work on google search console search so console I, there we go yeah yeah so on that we can also check our website performance and uh, one point i forgot about it so after we generate the site map uh, we need to submit on the google search console so there we will have the updated pages because sometimes what we have we just generate the site map and publish it and after some time we made some changes so we don't want uh, some pages and we include some new so google take times to reflect that pages on websites so we can just uh, delete the previous site map or say that uh, this url is not available and then publish our new site map so that's the one thing that's a good point yeah when i when i started with seo back in whenever that was that that was the primary thing to do is submitting your site through the dashboard and that was yeah. that was really it so it's it's really nice how far things have come 
and that you can actually try and optimize on your own site and make sure that things are working as best as possible. Well, Anmol, it has been great having you here. I'm just curious, are there, since you've been doing a number of blogs, doesn't look like you've published anything yet this year. Do you have any upcoming blog posts that you'd like to, to tease for our listeners? Yeah, I have an upcoming blog post. It's uh, related to user management about uh, admin panel. It means we can manage the user roles. So I'm studying about it. After finishing, I will post it. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been excellent. Me too. Thank you. Hey, folks. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the Most Valuable Dev Summit. And you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. At this point, we'll move on to picks. Picks are the part of the show where we share things that we like with the community. They don't need to be programming related, just things that we like and we think you will enjoy as well. This week, I will start with Luke. Luke, do you have a pick for us? Oh, yes. I've always got a pick. (laughs) Well, this is like the second time I've been on the show, but I can already think of a ton. (laughs) Yeah, so... One of my favorite tools to use on the back end is Metabase. And Metabase is basically like you can connect it to your SQL database. So if you're already using MySQL as your database, for example, you can install Metabase using Docker. It's super simple and allows you to do a whole bunch of query type stuff like left joins, right joins, inner joins, and that kind of thing directly in Metabase so that you can analyze your data. But then you can take that data and you can aggregate it um, in different ways, filter it in different ways, and then turn your results into a tape, into uh, different visualizations and create like a dashboard so that you can look at that data later on. I use it for like created users on my website to see how many user accounts have been created, viewing like accumulative graphs and viewing like which days accounts tend to be created and stuff like that. It's, it's really amazing how much functionality you can use for analytics. We actually use it at work as well. So that, so that a lot of the people within our team can analyze the data uh, that we collect from clients. It's, um, it's pretty amazing, the functionality you get out of this free tool. So Metabase, if you want to do a little bit of extra analysis on your SQL database, then definitely check this out. This would have been extremely useful on the previous project I was working Thank on. You. Thank you. Steve, do you have a pick for us? No specific picks other than the usual dad jokes of the week or awesome jokes of the week, depending on how you choose to look at it. So recently, it was my wife's birthday. And so I asked her what she wanted, as all good husbands do. And she told me, you know what, I would like nothing more than a diamond necklace. And so I got her nothing, because that's what she said she wanted. <laughs> and then that so, was a pricey nothing. Qu- question here, what do you call a vampire that's on sale? Discount Dracula, discount Dracula. Come on, guys. Uh, then, oh to go along with that, 
this is more of a question to ponder more than, you know, any type of joke or anything. But the question is, if it's true that vampires cannot see themselves in a mirror, why is their hair always so neatly combed? So I figure one alternative is maybe they're using their phone with the camera in selfie mode. Maybe that works better than the mirror. I'm not sure. But anyway, I can see that. Those are my deep thoughts for the day. Awesome. I will come back to you with a response once I have it. Animal, would you like to pick anything? Either your your blogs or anything in particular? Uh, no, actually, I don't have any pick, but anyone can go through the blogs, my, my blogs. Awesome. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. yeah, that's what's known more of a shameless plug than a pick, but that works too. I've, I've been exploring the shameless plugs. I do not have one this week, though. I have an actual pick. Anthony Fu, who was on a previous episode, has been working on a presentation tool framework, not sure what to call it, called Slidev at sli.dev. Oh, I saw that. It is so cool. I saw that like in a blog post or Hacker News or tweet or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can tell what it is. I was going to talk about it. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So it is, it uses Vite, uh, first off. So it's using Vite in the background. And you are able to write your presentation slides using just Markdown and View Components. So it has a number of themes that you can bring in. You can just start writing in Markdown and everything is great. Bring in images, bring in whatever. But you can also drop into HTML and JavaScript with uh, writing view stuff so that you can make a certain slide more interesting. It also has built-in features for code highlighting. So if you want to highlight a particular line of code, as you're, as you're clicking through your presentation, it'll highlight a piece of code, has animations, has transitions. It comes built in with windy CSS. So you don't even have to worry about styling. You just start writing your, your code right there. It is, it has been so great to work with. It is still in development. It's in beta right now. And I've run into a number of bugs. Uh, in particular, if you have an issue in a slide, it will report that issue. And then it may not auto-refresh after you fix the issue. Sometimes I've had to force restart the development environment. But everything else is working great. And I'm going to be using this for my presentation at uh, View Global Summit in a couple of weeks. So definitely recommend checking that out. That is sli.dev uh, by Anthony Fu. This is beautiful. Isn't it? Really, really nice. Yeah. And I love that you get to use, what is it? Is that YAML with the meta, what do they call it? Meta yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the front matter. Front matter, yeah. And that is the most beautiful logo I think I've ever seen for a project. Yeah, it is It is so good. If I remember right, so, oh, I don't remember right. I won't even bring it up. I don't remember. But it is amazing. Everyone should check it out. Uh, if you're doing a presentation, try it out. Maybe it's a good fit. Maybe it's not. At the bare minimum, though, it's going to be easier to do than something like PowerPoint or Google Slot, whatever the Google product is, Google Slides because you're able to just write it in Markdown. And in my case, I'm preparing for my TypeScript talk, so I'm able to stick TypeScript code straight in to the slides, just drop it in, get my code highlighting. Everything's great. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. Wow, there's even recording. I don't even know how that would work, but... Oh, I've, I haven't tried that feature yet, but yeah. You can it. You can have it use your camera and microphone. You can do a pre-recording. It'll make a video for you. So if if you're not able to do the presentation live, or if you want to do like a YouTube video or something, you can have that picture-in-picture picture kind of feeling of, of looking at your face while you're going through the slides. Oh, yeah. This is wicked. They use WebRTC. Yeah. You can do it in the... Yeah, that's awesome. 
And I, I think I mentioned this, I don't remember. You can actually mount view components in your slides as well. So in the example slide that you, when, when you download the project, uh, there's like a counter so you can count up and down and it just works in the slide because it's, it's a view application. So of course it does. Yeah, I'm sold. Yeah, awesome. Anmol, where can people yeah. find you if they want to continue this conversation with you about anything you've written on your blog or SEO in particular? Yeah. They can comment on the blog or they can find on also LinkedIn. And I'm on also on Twitter, just Anmol Suman too. Awesome. We yeah. will get both, both of those links into the show notes as well. And once again, thank you so much for coming on. This, this was great. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. Of course. Hope you all enjoyed this episode as well. If you'd like to find more Views on View, you can find us at viewsonview.com or at devchat.tv. You can also find us on Twitter at Views on View. You can find myself on Twitter at Lindsay K. Wardell. You can find Steve okay. on Twitter at Wonder95. And you can find Luke on Twitter at Luke Diebold. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you all next week. Yeah. Adios. Bye. Ciao. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.